Empathy is knowing our own dark Words knowledge. has power. Like without that connection, you don't have anything. What's the opposite of addiction? It's freedom. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of Finding Peaks, your grateful recovering president and founder, also known as the motivational specialist, company cheerleader, you name it, whatever you'd like to call me, I'm open to. I am gracefully joined by my co-host, counterpart, guest here, Madeline Padilla, uh, one of our great admission specialists, but even greater humans. You know what time it is. So, um, really grateful to jump in here. We're going to be talking about barriers to treatment as it pertains to trauma, most certainly the microcosm of trauma, which is shame. But I want to start out our episode. Um, Madeline had the opportunity to share with our alumni group, as well as our inpatient clients last Friday, um, her personal journey in recovery. And um, she sent me her story. I was unable to make it, unfortunately, but she sent me her story, and I just wanted to open the show um, with the last section of her story and kind of start that um, as a topic here. And it was just uh, absolutely framed beautifully, coherent, and trauma-informed. And it says, in conclusion, this is not a story about heroin or drugs. This is a story about compassion, grace, and mercy. I don't feel grateful. I feel redeemed. And I feel free, and I feel connected. Some days I wake up and wonder how this happened. And then I see a familiar smile at the office. Someone asks how the week was. I feel like I have come home, and I get to work. So I want to I start with that. And you had an awesome opportunity. I've heard a lot of feedback from clients and staff. And just your story spoke to a lot of people. Um, and the way that you framed it, I just thought was so eloquent so trauma-informed and very intentional, mm. and in a way that just about everybody could hear it. Mm. Um, what was that like for you? To share it yeah. or to write it? Yeah, Writing it was kind of a panic. I got asked the day before, I'm like, <laughs> I'll, right. I'll just type up a couple notes, you know, and then, and then it became a process, and I'm mm. like, whoa, what, what really did happen? And I'm, <laughs> I'm walking through my own process, you know, and that was awesome. Um, sharing it was, it was just cool to see how many people it was a little interactive, like sure. how many people have experienced this or what was this like? And everyone raised their hand. And, and I was nervous going into that because I thought, I've been to a lot of speaker meetings. Mm -hmm. I kind of know what the setup is. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to talk about 50% or 30% mm -hmm. how it was and how it is now. And, right. and all this, like, this context mm -hmm. kind of came flooding in about how, what I'm supposed to do. And I thought, that doesn't feel like me at all. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. I, I have a story. I know what the story is. And I'm just going to go with it and um, do it a little bit differently. Yeah. No one had read theirs either yeah. off yeah. a piece of paper, but yeah. I needed some notes. I wanted <laughs> yeah. some feedback from other people. And, yeah. and um, I felt accepted that people heard what I had to say, and they did feel connected to it. And it was, so, it was just really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. I can it was pretty emotional. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can remember thinking, I remember I um, stood up and spoke at an AA meeting in Prescott, Arizona. It was the Salvation Army. I was like 14 months sober. And I remember thinking to myself, there is no way I'm ever going to be able to talk about anything other than what happened, right? No. And really what happened in, in my uh, mind's eye at the time, what happened was drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And you explained something much more intentional no, and much right. more robust. Yeah. And, and I think your story and our story um, speak very clearly to the cart coming before the horse. Yeah, absolutely. Right? No, and that's what it is. Yeah. I couldn't even see that at the time when uh -huh. I first got into treatment. I was on the same track as you. I'm yeah. like, if I quit heroin, I'm good, yep. and then I can move forward with my life. Yeah. And now I like don't even see those parts of the story. Mm -hmm. I see the core wounding. Mm -hmm. I see the shame. I yeah. see the abandonment, what, you know, what that led to. Mm -hmm. um, 
I see the cycle perpetuating over mm -hmm. and over because I've ingrained this belief yep. that this is my narrative. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yep. Uh, the drugs are not really a part of that. That, that helped blunt it, right, yep. a little bit, and that was more of a tool yep. um, for what was really going on, yep. a coping mechanism. For yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and we were speaking before the show, too, and, and you brought up something very just something that I want to touch on here, too, and I've been guilty of saying this to folks who have come into treatment. It's actually a term and a concept we've used in behavioral health for many years, mm. and it's this idea of treatment resistance, oh, right? Yeah, treatment, resistance. Tre treatment resistance. Treatment yeah. resistance is trauma resilience. Trauma resilience. Trauma resilience, yeah, and yeah. I hate that term that someone's resistant, because one that you're right, it speaks mm -hmm. to us, actually, right. what's going on, and people should be resistant. Yeah. They've had experiences. If, mm -hmm. if any of our clients are like me, and I know a lot of them are, mm -hmm. they have had, <laughs> they've had their trauma re-escalated and, and they've been re-traumatized in a place that was supposed to keep them safe mm -hmm. and treat them with respect and treat them with integrity, you know, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and that's not always the case at all. So mm -hmm. to, to come in resistant, maybe a little bit cynical, that, that behavior makes sense. Right, that absolutely. That behavior makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. And that, that, that's not a diagnostic code for your <laughs> right. resistance, despite yeah. what people may think. Yeah. Um, it tells the story that something else has happened. Right. What has happened? Right. Let's talk about what has mm -hmm. happened. And, and it makes sense that you're feeling this way. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, if, if somebody's not coming in treatment, what really scares me mm -hmm. is the folks that come in and they're like, this is amazing, this is great, and yeah. we're just not attuned, we're not mm -hmm. present for the experience, because even if we don't have trauma, we're coming into an environment full of strangers mm -hmm. who I've never met before, and to your point, a lot of people, like we were talking about before, I was down on campus meeting with a guy earlier, mm -hmm. he's been to 20 treatments, and 19 of those treated him poorly. Right. And so that's why when he comes into our program, he's looking around, he's scanning, he's not comfortable. Yeah. He's kind of like, give me some space mm -hmm. until we do what we do in True Peaks fashion and build that safety right. for the people that need it the most. And your story just spoke to that so well. It wasn't anything that was wrong with you. It was certainly something wrong with the provider, mm -hmm. not being trauma-informed, not creating safety, and not creating a space in which you could sink into your recovery. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to understand, too, like, to, to trust peaks was to kind of like gaslight my oaths. I admit right. oaths, right? Yeah. I will never allow myself to get put in this situation ever again. Mm. If the little love I had for myself, just mm -hmm. to shred, said never again, right. never again. I'm hitchhiking back to a treatment center in California in a, in a, a gown and socks. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know where I am. They, mm -hmm. they forgot me. They yeah. forgot I was a client. I swore to God. I said, never again. And then I find myself doing it again. Mm -hmm. But of course, I'm a little guarded. Yeah. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, mm -hmm. you know? And <laughs> the, <laughs> this kind of bleeds into even like the admission side of things mm -hmm. where <laughs> I talk to a lot of families that say, I got so many questions, but I, I understand I just need to trust the process. What does that mean? Mm. Trust the process. Leave no stone unturned. Mm -hmm. Ask every question. Yeah. Let's talk about it till you can't talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Because this is how we're weeding out what's going to work and what's not. Right. You know, and if we can't answer a question, that should just be a big red flag, yep. just waving around. And if someone tells you to just, they use this terminology, you know, trust the process. You got to yeah. go with the flow. You, you have let to go. trust. Let yeah, go. whatever it is. Yeah. To an extent, mm -hmm. once you feel safe, you can right. do that, yeah. right? But we need to answer all the questions. Yep. Yeah. And really build that trust and safety. And if you're a family out there, it's like, 
We do it with our clients. I think one of, one of our core values is be curious. Always. Right? right. Be curious. Be curious. Ask better yeah. questions. And I would say the same for families. When you're looking for a treatment program, ask all the questions. Mm -hmm. And you're right. If they can't answer it, next phone call. Next. <laughs> yeah. Next. Yeah, we, yeah. And we love that because we get, we get time, too, to train people that can't come here. Mm -hmm. Let's check out a few places. They'll throw a few options out there, right? Yeah. What are some questions to ask? How many LPCs are there? You know, how many <laughs> right. are there? What's, what's yeah. the, the clinical staff member to client ratio? That, that gives me a good idea, you yeah. know, what's going on there. Mm -hmm. um, do, they, do they abide by a 12-step model? True. Are they willing to make that a billable service? Mm -hmm. Great question. Yep. <laughs> Let's right. figure it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and then it's, it's so cool because walking through that, now we got a map going. Mm -hmm. This place is all right. Yeah. Hey, that place, I see you right mm -hmm. over there. And then we actually have something to offer because our referrals are dead serious. Yeah. They're dead serious. Yeah. And I, I love, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's what I love about the admissions team is every single one of those referrals is very serious, so serious. and very intentional. We expect <laughs> that client to be in good hands, yeah. even if it's not with us. That's correct. And that's, that is so, I've never been a part of a team, certainly an admissions mm -hmm. team that does that. It's literally like, hey, I gotta get up the phone. Hey, I gotta get up the phone. That's you know, nuts. in the time and space that you all spend, man, listen first, solve later. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that never gets that's, old. Yeah, it never that's gets so old. Good. I'm gonna live by, I gotta get that tattooed somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanna chat about some of the barriers that presented themselves with you and why. <laughs> um, just for the audience, and, and spe specifically young adults, mature adults that are coming up against mm -hmm. this process and are becoming weary, fearful, disconnected, mm -hmm. um, scared, anxious. Um, that's really informed, and the barriers are consistent um, in your story. And I just wanted to kind of t elaborate a little bit on those barriers and why they were there in the first place and how you moved through them. Yeah, okay. Well, I want to start with, again, starts way, way back, mm -hmm. way, way back, before I'm a legal adult, before I've tried drugs, before anything else. And like, yeah. I, I was in a lot of pain. I was a difficult kid. Um, difficult kid. I was just in a lot of pain. I'm yeah. going to leave it at that. Yeah. And... My family, they, they just didn't know what to do. They did not know what to do. And they talked to like a educational consultant, mm. which is a broker, yeah. it's yeah. a body broker, you know. For kids. <laughs> yeah, like something yeah. like that. And they, they got a referral from a clinician that never saw me, right? You know, Interesting. I never, so weird. It was educational consultants. Yeah, yeah you, sure. you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. And um, they were convinced, they were sure, and they did this out of love. They really did. Yeah. They were preyed upon. They believed mm -hmm. that this unregulated teen treatment center in Utah was like the answer to their prayers. Yeah. And they were, they were so hooked on this idea that this was going to save my life that they had people come kidnap me right out mm -hmm. of my home. Yeah. Um, and zip tie you. They, wow. they zip tie your hands. Even if you're willing. Say, oh, yeah. They say we can do this the easy way or the hard way. I chose the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like, let's go hard. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, yeah, they, they, I got some knee injuries from that wow. and some, yeah. And, um. They, they whisked me off to Utah. Well, now I have no rights, and this learned helplessness kicks in. There's nothing I can do to change my circumstances. There's nothing I can do to have my voice heard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the core wound, which was I'm not enough, ooh, it's integrating now. Yeah, no, it's really in. like yeah. the stakes going yeah. in, right? And then later on, I'm, I'm using drugs to cope with the trauma of what happened there, right? Mm -hmm. I trust another place. That speaks to human resilience. Mm. I ask for help again. You know, mm -hmm. that, that really is powerful. Yep. Uh, people yeah, are resilient. It really is. Once again, the same experience. And this just keeps repeating itself mm -hmm. to a point where I'm like, God, I, I can't do this anymore and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll never trust again. And um, that is an act of God that peaks, was 
at that um, mm -hmm. juncture. Yeah. That's, an, that's unexplainable to me. To your point, though, I, I absolutely agree with your mom and your family really out of love. Because right. I've, I've been on the phone with your mom, and she's very coachable, mm -hmm. and she will do what the professionals suggest. Always. Sounds like you just had some tough professionals in front of that situation. Right. But exactly. I, I do believe it was out of love. Uh, it yeah. was, right. Yeah. And, and that, that's a, you know, talk about dialectics. It's like, <laughs> I'm going I'm to choose to hold both. I, I'm, I'm so, I am so loved, but I'm so hurt. Mm -hmm. To this day. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of therapy. Yep. I'm not over that. Mm -hmm. I'm not over that, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm, I need to work on that every day. Yep. What's the lesson there? How could I help people? Um, how could I educate people? Because, yeah. God, treatment in general, this is an industry that has the potential to prey on the most vulnerable mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. ever. Yep. <laughs> you know? yeah, the most ever. clay in your hand. Yes, clay exactly. Hand. And that, com that comes with great responsibility. Yeah. And I think it's an incredible privilege, too, mm -hmm. to be part of that process. Yeah. And it gives some meaning to my experiences, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it, it's clear, too, and with, with the barriers for change and those being so deeply rooted, it's, it's like, as a, as a developing human in this world, there's nothing more important than positive, influential, beneficial child-adult relationships. That's right. And there's nothing more horrendous than negative ones, no. right? And we continue to foster those in a way in our early adulthood as well and bring those people close only to be hurt and hurt again. Yeah. I think you mentioned it in your story, but what was it? that got you to a point to trust again? Because it wasn't when you got to Peaks. No, no way. It was most certainly no. some time in that no. milieu, and it was probably closer to the time when you graduated. Yeah. Actually, I think it started before I graduated, but, but there was a moment <laughs> after I left, and I knew that the insurance checks had stopped coming right <laughs> this is a great test yeah <laughs> right right let's see we'll see now yeah, yeah like let's we'll see let's we'll see what happens here oh people kept meeting with me kept talking to me you kept talking to me you know lots of people did mm -hmm. um that's the ultimate test in my book mm -hmm. what happens after this mm -hmm. like what's the plan you know yep. and that solidified just kind of put the put the clothes on that yeah. the doubts that i had yeah. uh, and i felt that love a long time ago but that's just what did me certainly in yeah, and I'm grateful I have the team around me because I'm just like, oh, you need help. You need help. Yeah, well, <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Which create a lot of barriers for right. their progress. Right, exactly. As well. Don't be that barrier. Yeah. And I love that. I, uh, one of our, our core values, which I love, we finally put these to paper, right? Yeah. Do no harm. Mm. Do no harm. Not do harm if it justifies in the end or right. if it'll help them out later. It's just, mm -hmm. it's simple. It's just do no harm. Yeah. And I love that. It's beautiful. It's great. It absolutely is. And it's a, it's a real trauma-informed perspective if, if you can get there. Like, it's not tell somebody they did it wrong. It's mm -hmm. not use you mm -hmm. statements. And I just love the way that we're adopting really this compassionate lens. Mm -hmm. And you can see people, Madeline, much different than, you know, when we started or when I started in 12-step. I was sitting down with a guy. He's getting ready to graduate, actually, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting down with a guy, and he'd been to multiple treatment centers. And I'm sitting there having a smoothie with him. And mm -hmm. about halfway through, he looks at me, and he goes, it really doesn't matter because I'm going to get high again anyway. Mm. And I'm like, buddy, just, but not today, right? <laughs> but, but just not today. And, and I'm wondering that if, if you take care of your underlying causes and conditions, maybe you have an openness to explore things in the future, but just right. not today. Right. It's been my experience if you take care of the underlying causes and conditions, specifically the overwhelming intensity that's running your life mm -hmm. in the name of trauma, 
you won't have those intense behaviors. No. I sat there and told him, I said, but I, I go have a glass of wine today if I want, mm -hmm. but I'm choosing to sit with you. Mm -hmm. Madeline, he came alive. Mm. He was like, oh my gosh, you just gave me so much hope. It clicked. Yeah, because he's like, I think that's the trauma yeah. to be like, yeah. I have this special allergy. I'm this unique thing that only I have, and I have to succumb to this hard edge, this yeah. traumatized hard edge for the rest of my life. And I love that we're allowing people space and grace to be like, it doesn't no. have to be like that. Absolutely. More people are recovering since we've started this approach over the last two or three years. 100%. This holistic approach mm -hmm. is to treat people well and guide them into their individual recovery process. Well, we, we talked about that the, the last episode, but you're here, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to share yeah. it because I'm so excited about it, right? Uh -huh. that, that this belief that people's behaviors make sense, right? Mm -hmm. And that I am statements are powerful. They mm -hmm. hold power, mm -hmm. um, like neuroscience power, yeah. right? Like real power. And you, you take someone to a, a meeting every day, that's their culture, and they show up and they say, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic every day, right? They do that for 90 days. Mm -hmm. What does an alcoholic do, Chris? Right. They drink. they drink. What is an addict? What stays they top use, of mind? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's just so it's it's we have to go farther than that. We mm -hmm. have to offer the most vulnerable people more than that. Yeah. That's not good enough. No, not That's at all. That's not even close. <laughs> not to at good all. Enough. No way. Yeah. And and this idea too, this incurable. I have an incurable disease. I'm going to challenge that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to challenge that. Um, I believe in a full recovery. I believe in a full recovery. I believe in a full recovery. Yep. I'm not gripping on the strings, yep. nope. praying to God I don't slip off this narrow path. Mm -hmm. the, the world is wide open yep. for me. Yep. Um, and if it was any more limited, it's just not enough. Yeah. So I love it because I feel like, just like you, it's like we're driving down a five-lane highway today. And I got room to move over. I can get in yeah. the HOV lane. I can get in the slow lane. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of options. And it, it did feel like, and we've talked about this on other episodes, and mm -hmm. I'm coming up on 14 years, so we'll visit it in another episode as well. It's just like, I don't want to succumb to being that small today. Nope. And if somebody chooses to engage in a 12-step way of life, that's great. Mm -hmm. But let's take care of the business first. That's right. So that you can not survive in 12-step. Right. Right, and that's the difference that I've seen with a lot of people that are taking care of themselves. And what I mean by that is getting with a master's level clinician, getting a doctor, getting a good group of recovery people around you, and working on yourself. That's right. Get to work. Yeah. Get and to it, work. And a sponsor is great. A mentor is great. But that is, in our no. experience, it's adjunct no. to the ancillary. primary Ancillary. These are all yep. right. Right. We need to distinguish mm -hmm. between what is foundational yep. and what is ancillary. Yep. If we cannot do that, mm -hmm. we don't have a we don't have a real program. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. What's the foundation? <laughs> what's the extra stuff? Yep. We love the extra stuff. Absolutely. We do all the extra exactly. stuff, right? But um is that going to carry us through trauma? Right. Oh no. Yeah. That Accu detox is not going to do yeah, it's for not, you, man. It's going to get yeah. you take a nap. <laughs> and I love that right. too because it used to be I mean, up until not too many years ago, I mean, the primary foundational process was the 12-step way of life. And so it's not, it's not to sit in here and say this is wrong. AA has been a beautiful thing for many, many years. It's just taking what we have, the advancements and, and the progressiveness and every, all the information that we have and utilizing it. Mm -hmm. And AA and 12-step can still be a really great value proposition. We just got to take care of the meat and potatoes Absolutely. first. Because you get a lot, um, in my experience, in the Alcoholics Anonymous or 12-step way of life, you get a lot of people surviving and happy to do it. That's right. I was happy to do it as well. Mm -hmm. But if you give yourself some space and grace and explore some of that underlying stuff mm -hmm. in a safe place, 
I think what people will find out that life will open up mm -hmm. beyond their wildest dreams. It does. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's like, a, and that's where I was, was telling Madeline before the show, it's like, you look like you're thriving. Oh, yeah. And she was like, yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no longer okay with, you know, the 8.5, the 8.2, the 7.8 out of 10 oh. in my recovery, oh. you know? So. It's always just enough, though. It's different than that, right. that, that void. Mm -hmm. I need more. Yep. No, it's always enough, mm -hmm. but it's always getting better. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work? That's right. It's, it's, it's so interesting. I love it. Yeah. And this, this ability to navigate and have choices and be heard and be seen and feel safe in my body and go, hey, I'll go to a Dharma meeting with you today. Absolutely. I'll check out a 12-step with you. Yeah. Or we can just hang out here and eat some dinner. I love it. <laughs> you know? And the connection's happening mm -hmm. all the way through that. Yep. Yeah. I love That's it. That's the meat and potatoes. That's the meat and potatoes. That's the meat and potatoes. Well, that went really quick. Um, that is all we have today. Um, our show is wrapping up. I am so grateful to be back on with you. I was telling Madeline before the show, she's one of the guests, co-hosts, um, regulars here that really gets me thinking about trauma, gets me thinking about recovery in a different way, and I'm uh, just so grateful to have you on. Absolute miracles here. So find us on all of your stuff, Instagram, podcasts, uh, TikTok, TikTok, I'm the brand ambassador. Madeline threw down a great TikTok the other day, an amazing meditation. Check it out. We got like 70-something likes on that bad boy. Until next time, thank you all. Peace. Thank you.